back to On the Block with Strick and Nate on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. I hope you guys have been listening because I'm ready to run through a brick wall. Aaron Davis, national champion, just stepped out. We appreciate having him here on the block. Hopefully, hey, Strick, I hope maybe we can convince him to come in like once a week or something. Because that was that was good stuff. That was, that yeah, was fun. Man. It, that it, was it's, fun. it's fun because, you know, that's what he does. He is, he is an international speaker and speaks to companies and organizations yeah. and young people a man yeah. just he that's what he does and he has just some of the greatest metaphors man i you know he he's he's solid man he's as solid as they come and we're 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 you know privileged to have him here on the ticket absolutely you know ad in the drive they 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 get it started earlier in the day so it's it's good absolutely 402-464-5685 honda lincoln hotline starter Heyman text line as always we want to hear from you facebook youtube twitch and twitter if you head over to youtube give us a like give us a subscribe you can also contact us get in touch with us on all of those platforms as well and we will welcome in andrew alex 24 7 talk some college football andrew you got a, a tough group to follow up but i trust that you can do it yeah yeah i mean first of all you know Thank you, A.D., for being such a fantastic opening act. It's going to be a tough one to follow here. Uh, you know, maybe next time, calm down. Maybe bring in, like, Justin Fuente or something. <laughs> someone, someone a little bit, uh, you know, less prestigious. And I think the only way you can really move up from that is, I don't know, bring on, like, Kenny Chesney to open for me or something like that. Yeah, that's right. Tough. Hey, I, I don't know. But uh, Justin Fuente, I'll probably pass on that one. All right, we're going to get right into it. Uh, kind of one of the big things I wanted to touch on, because this is going to get into some of our Big Ten games and some of the talk we're going to go over. Uh, Michigan opens with Colorado State. Last weekend, Hawaii. Now they play UConn. Now, now you say that Michigan, they're trying to become Ohio State. They're trying to take that next jump. Well, Ohio State, for what it's worth, opened their season against Notre Dame, who was obviously probably not a great team, but opened the season at, what, fifth, sixth in the country? Um, what do you think about Michigan open up with this kind of schedule, and should we take them seriously when they do stuff like this? Well, Nate, it's one word, and that word is lame. You know, it just – take some basic analytics. I'm looking at the football power index here, and I went through their non-conference slate, three games on that schedule. Colorado State, I think there's, what, 130 teams in FBS? Colorado State, 120th. UConn, 125th. Hawaii, 129th. They literally, there's only a few more combinations of three teams that could actually create an easier schedule for the University of Michigan. Uh, first of all, you're not doing right by your fans. Your fans deserve high-profile non-conference matchups to get them going in the beginning of the season. That's what college football is all about. Now, if you're Michigan, I guess I, think I, guess I get what you're doing here. Like, you're going to play a Big Ten schedule. If you can run through the Big Ten schedule – then, you know, you're probably going to make it to the college football playoff one way or the other. And if that one loss is Ohio State, well, a one-loss Michigan could potentially make it into the playoff as well. But it's lame. I mean, like, come on. This isn't Duke football here. Like, if you want to assert yourself 
as one of the powers in college football. And, you know, Michigan fans out there are probably saying, we're a power. Well, no, no one considers you to be in the same league right now as Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, and the like. You are tier, and you just got to tier two. You want to go to tier press everybody on national television in the month of September. They won't forget. Yeah, I agree, and I, I'm really not a fan of how Michigan has, has handled all this. Andrew Alex, 24-7, joining us right now. I uh, want to get into some Big Ten matchups, and I know your specialty is obviously the ACC. Uh, Syracuse will host Purdue. Now, it's the same time this Saturday as Nebraska in uh, in Oklahoma, so probably not too many eyes going to be on it, but uh, Purdue, we're going to play them later on in this season, and this is definitely a game that I think Nebraska fans should at least keep an eye on the score. Uh, Syracuse actually starts the season 2-0. They're favored against Aiden O'Connell and Purdue. Break this one down for me, and do you think that Vegas might have this one wrong? Well, I guess I do think that Vegas has one wrong, but I'll give you guys a long story short on Syracuse. You folks out in Nebraska probably don't care about Syracuse football. In fact, unless you have a vested interest in covering the team, you probably don't care at all. But there's one name that come NFL draft time, maybe even come Heisman time, people should remember, and that name is Sean Tucker. Last year, over 1,500 yards on the ground, 12 touchdowns. That was as a, I believe, a true freshman. Maybe he was a redshirt freshman, something like that. Either way, it was just his second season of college football. We all kind of thought, okay, after a season like that, you're at Syracuse, maybe hit the transfer portal, go somewhere else where you might be able to get more national attention. The way he was tweeting in the offseason and late in the season last year for Syracuse led a lot of people to believe that. But ultimately, he's still there. And, you know, right out the gate, it has been nothing short of, you know, what we expected and more from Sean Tucker. In the first game against Louisville, he goes for 184 total yards. I believe it was like 112 on the ground. And then, you know, 70-some-odd receiving. Crazy. Against UConn, only played for the first half, 112 yards on the ground. Now, that's pretty much what you need to stop. But Syracuse is actually throwing the ball pretty well as well so suddenly we have a little bit of a balanced mm-hmm. offense up in Syracuse but at the same time between UConn and Louisville two teams who I, mean, I don't know anything about UConn football because literally no one cares but I know that Louisville's Malik Cunningham does not fling the ball particularly accurately at least he hasn't since his sophomore year when he was really good but it's been like four years since then but between Malik Cunningham with Louisville and UConn they're completing 79% of their passes wow. in the first two games against Syracuse. Now you got to face Aiden O'Connell. You know, Purdue's a underdog in this game. Give me Purdue money line. I mean, it's basically a pick-em pick game, but, you know, it's a great story so far for Syracuse. They'll probably be able to sneak their way into a bowl game, you know, if you can maneuver through an ACC schedule. But yeah, I just think that Purdue is the better team here, and I'll take them to win, despite a couple of injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Andrew, Eric Strickland here. We're joined by Andrew Alex. Andrew, um, there's something that's kind of piquing my interest a little bit. Um, it's going to be a Southeastern Conference game between Georgia and South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Not that South Carolina in particularly has what it's going to take. Anything can happen when you talk about showing up in an SEC game. But my interest is, Caleb Williams snuck in and took Spencer Rattler's job. Spencer Rattler goes down to South Carolina now. Um, He's starting the – many are out there, pundits out there are saying, you know, is he a bust? Do you think he can pose any threat to that Georgia defense coming up this weekend? Strick, I hate to say it, but absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) 
you, you look at the, the the so far for Spencer Rattler, and this is a kid who was he the number one recruit in the country? I don't know. He was one of them. He was yeah, a kid he was one of the top ones. Oklahoma. Yeah, right away, and you know he he quite frankly just ain't it against Georgia State. No, not the University of Georgia strict Georgia State. Completes just sixty percent of his passes, one touchdown, right. two interceptions. You know, against Arkansas, and you know this might not be the fault of his own, but he's sacked six times. So the kid's already got accuracy issues. Mm-hmm. Maybe the South Carolina offensive line has issues of their own, and now you're going to face something far better than Georgia, certainly far better than their little brothers in Atlanta, Georgia State, and it's just not going to happen. Spencer Rattler, uh, you know, I mean, he's still got time. He's still relatively young. There's time for redemption and you know he might be good enough to start at an sec school maybe but you know i think any notion that he was going to be the player that people thought he was going to be coming out of high school is already dead in the water at this point i agree staying in the sec i am i was born in uh basically in auburn at opelika is auburn or like right there so a lot of people were like why strict you weren't in a, a war eagle and i said well father's military end up in nebraska that's how you become a husker but um they've got a tough one they got a tough one coming down there in the jordan hare stadium uh, with Penn State, you know, so that that's going to be a good one at two thirty uh, on Saturday. Um, Penn State's been so up and down, you know what I mean. You just don't yeah. know what you're going to get out of them. How do you see that too, game yeah. going? You know, their tough SEC and uh, Big Ten game. Yeah, no, it, it's certainly one of intrigue. I mean, you look at the Auburn Tigers right now, and, and the problem has been at quarterback uh, Finley, their quarterback T.J. Finley. So far, I believe he has a negative touchdown to interception ratio. Yes, yes, it's one touchdown to three interceptions. And they brought him back up a little bit, and so far, not so good. There's a reason he's the backup. Completed just 50% of his passes. I mean, on the other side, Auburn's running the ball pretty darn well. I think they're over six yards per carry. But you go up against the Penn State team, when you look at the large sample size from last year, on the interior, this is a team that only allowed, I, I, I believe, like 3.1 yards per carry last year so it's strength on strength Auburn can run the ball it's going to come down to Sean Clifford for Penn State which is a sentence that I'm sure Penn State fans cringe when they've heard for the fifth (laughs) year in a row but (laughs) uh, I think that ultimately it's going to be a tight one but given the the problems I mean Penn State might have their own problems at quarterback but it doesn't look like they compare to the problems that Auburn has so I'm going to take Penn State in this one should be a great environment just like it was last year though up in a college and now gets to go down to Auburn. Andrew, you, you, I'll get to the college game day game of the week because I'm a big fan of this one, especially when it comes uh, after the heels of beating uh, Texas A&M. So let's get right into Texas A&M. They're going to play host to uh, probably one of our schools we don't really ever root for under any circumstances. That's going to be the U. That's going to be Miami. Probably across the entire country, unless you're in the state of Florida, you're going to be rooting against Miami. But they come in 13th in the country, Texas A&M 24th. Uh, is Jimbo Fisher's job kind of maybe in question or on the line in this one? Or does Texas A&M recover? Uh, I don't think Jimbo Fisher's job is on the line, but I mean, it certainly wouldn't be a good look. Now, Miami with Mario Cristobal coming in so far, not necessarily a challenge. They played with Hugh Cookman week one, obviously, uh, you know, blow the roof off that game. And then I think they beat but did not cover against Southern Mississippi, mm-hmm. a team that, uh, you know, despite its heritage with Brett Favre and all that, it has not been very good over the course of the last few years. 
Miami's got some talent. They always do. And uh, maybe it looks like they had a little bit of consistency at quarterback with the Connecticut native Tyler Van Dyke coming in after starting for the second half of his true freshman year when Eric King went down. Uh, they look good. Texas A&M, though, I mean, the level of talent there is going to be higher. They're going to have home field advantage. Honestly, if you think about this loss that they had against App State, that probably can be credited a, a lot towards looking ahead to this game and then like every other game on the schedule other than Appalachian State. They probably thought they had that one in the bag going in. Uh, but that'll come back and bite you. App State's a good team. So I, I'm going to take Texas A&M. I'll actually probably take them to cover as well. I like them to win by yeah. a, a, a pretty comfortable 10-point margin. Uh, Vegas has them as a six-point favorites right now. But at, at the end of the day, uh, if Miami can pull this one or even keep it within a score, um, I mean, no surprise here. To all you ACC fans out there in Lincoln, the numbers of you, I know that you're so excited about this. Uh, Miami at that point would be the prohibitive favorite in the yeah. ACC Coastal. Before they I probably still would even if they lose. Before I <laughs> let my partner – uh, finish up because I know he's he's itching. I had to throw this one out. There's a black and gold team that finds their way right next door to us. Iowa uh, took a, a bad L uh, last week, but they which faced, Andrew said was going to happen. You did say they were going to happen, but they face now Nevada. Do do they double up on an L uh, in this particular game, or do they recover on this one? Uh, Six thirty on Saturday. Oh. Now, that's a tough one. And to the good folks in Nebraska, I say you're welcome if you, uh, <laughs> if you took my advice there and put some money on the Cyclones. Uh, and I, I also called it in so far as it was going to be a low-scoring, boring game. You did. Mm-hmm. You said that's it all. That's why we have you on here, Al- <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> no, Strick, the thing about Nevada, though, is they have already lost to the University of Incarnate Word. Oh, gosh. That is a FCS program. Oh, gosh. So, I'm starting to think that Iowa does have the advantage of this game, despite the fact that they have bad corn in that state. With that nice. being said, yes. uh, Nevada they get Keegan Jackson back points against the University of Incarnate Word. Now they did allow 53, and that's why they lost. But Iowa has not scored 43 points all season. Uh, I think that they've actually only scored 14 points <laughs> all season. So. This is a uh, confusing one, but Nevada looks really bad. So I hate to say it, folks. I'm going to take Iowa. Ah, boo. All right. Well, last game of the week, uh, Andrew Alex 24-7, breaking down some of the games around college football. Troy's going to App State. This is going to be the first time App State hosts college game day. Luke Combs, the guest picker, I guess that's giving you a little intrigue. Uh, is this just kind of throwing App State a bone because they beat Texas A&M, or are you actually kind of uh, intrigued in this one? Uh, I mean, I, I think that App State is a, uh, you know, a decent football team, right? I mean, they host the University of North Carolina in the first week of the season. And North Carolina is a program that's got issues of its own. Yeah. But, you know, they almost won that game. That game came down to, I believe, a missed field goal at the end. App State puts up 61 in that game. And they go on the road in the next game, beat Texas A&M. I mean, this is probably one of, if not the better teams uh, in the group of five. Yeah. Perhaps second to just Cincinnati right now. Beautiful town there in Boone, North Carolina. My state's 
of residence at this moment. Uh, it should be a beautiful atmosphere. They got Luke Combs. I know people who went to App State, and they remember Luke Combs as the guy who was playing at the bars when they were in college. Oh, nice. Now he's an international country superstar. So that's pretty cool. Probably the most prestigious alumni of that university. Don't quote me there, but probably right. Uh, you know, let's bring Sunbelt football to the national stage. Good for uh, Kirk and the gang. Haven't done that for college game day. And, yes, I'll take App State in this game. I'll tell you what, the Sun Belt, you might have to put them in the playoff after some of the performances they had last year. Uh, before we let you go, we, we're running out of time. We've got to get to commercial. Tell me why Virginia Tech is officially back. Uh, Virginia Tech has the top, I think, I think they're like top five nationally in every defensive category so far. Now, maybe they have played the two worst offensive lines in the country to this point. <laughs> that is possible. But it's the month of September. I'm a Virginia Tech fan, so i got to find reason to believe. But right now, Brent Pryor's got these guys looking like, uh, you know, all-Americans out there yeah. who looked like scrubs just a year ago. So maybe credit to them, and maybe that's reason to uh, pick Auburn over to Purdue because Brent Pryor's gone from Penn State. But I don't want to second-guess myself. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, it's good to see Virginia Tech get on their winning ways. Hopefully Nebraska does the same this weekend. Andrew, as always, we, we appreciate you breaking down these games around college football. We'll talk to you next week. Go Big Red, folks. Go Big Red. There he goes. Andrew Alex brings really good stuff every single week. There's some There's some good matchups here, Strick, uh, outside of Nebraska-Oklahoma. Now, I know that's the one that obviously everyone's going to be focusing on, but that, that Purdue-Syracuse game is really interesting yeah, to me. It's one to that's watch. a game that we circled before the season going to Purdue, and uh, this is going to be kind of their a, a test to see if they can go on the road, play in the Dome, and get a win there. So it'll definitely be interesting. Jay Foreman in the building, D.P., in the building. We're going to have a crossover with Old School coming up next on The Block.